to Running is Bullshit. I'm Stuart. And I'm Amy, and you're listening to the podcast that loves to hate running. This is episode 125, and this time we're talking about cold water, cold weather, bags for princesses, and bags for your shoes. Not the bag for your shoe that you might expect. And to start us off this week, I want to talk about our sweet little naive noob runners, because it's January. People have, There's lots of fairly new runners around, and someone I was chatting to this morning... Uh, I mean, good for him. Well, we're sitting in the cafe after doing our Sunday long run, signing up for the Cardiff half there and then. Good for him. And he said, oh, what time should I put down to uh, as an estimated time? I said, well, we've, you've just run 10K in 57 minutes. He went, oh, OK, should I put down three hours? I'm like, no, it's in 10 months time. I'm pretty sure you'll be fine. Under Like we said, just put two, put two for now, because, you know, it's your first one. <laughs> But it's just the way he was like, I had no idea whatsoever. I'm like, three hours? I'm like, no, clearly not. But bless his little heart. I had no idea what he was doing. You can see that mentality, though, when you go to big city races like that of, you know, you put in an accurate time and then there's that combination of loads of people overtaking you who obviously were way too generous and and sort of not very confident with their time. And then also the people that were way too overconfident that were start, that start like right at the front, say, oh yeah, half. Yeah, I could probably do that in 90 minutes. How hard can it be, you know? Yeah, like <laughs> I've got, I know a guy at work who did it in 90 minutes. So I'll put, I'll put like hour 40, something yeah. like that. I don't know. And yeah, they, yeah. they never run. They don't run at all in the build up to it. And then they just turn up on the day and see what happens. Yeah. Bless yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Love it. But yeah, 10 months off, just started to run, like no idea at all what he's going to do. Poor thing. But like first one, it kind of doesn't matter really. Yes. Yeah, who cares? That's every race for you anyway, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who cares? Just just have a go, see what happens. If it does take you three hours, that's all right. I could I could run a, a half like in two hours and then, and then the extra hour is just dilly-dallying the whole way around. <laughs> You know, you know when you go on Strava, it's like t- time moving, and like the discrepancy between my time moving and the actual overall time is always really high. I think yeah, because I spend so much time dilly dallying. I used to when I first started running, I'd be like non-stop running, like I will stop for nothing. Now I might have a stop, and I might like sort my bag out, like get some things I will out of my bag. For if somebody texts me, I like stop and I'll text them back, and like you know, have, a, have a little look around me, like just dilly dallying. You got you got to leave dilly dallying time. I think that's what's important. Yeah, half marathon, like four hours. Moving time, one hour thirty nine. <laughs> Actually, elite, super elite runner, Amy, but she just uh, in very small bursts. I just dilly dally the whole time. Yeah, just a dilly dally. Uh, let's catch up on the last episode claire allison got back to us with an email about well she says she summarized it for us at the end boobs wombs squats cannonballs and horse-sized dogs we very much enjoyed uh we hope you're recovering well she confirmed that the cannonball ultra is is a mark cockbane event who is the psychopath genius behind lon lass the tunnel and other super weird events that we have spoken about in recent years and yes you do have to carry the cannonball in your hands the whole time which is very funny but i'm not gonna do it that's awkward that would that would be awkward you can't even just like yeah, slip it in your pocket or something i'm assuming no 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 that is the way to do it though if you're going to do a stupid race like that that is the way i i approve yeah. but i'm absolutely not going to do it i love it as well because what was it was it five kilograms or something i think i remember it being yeah something like yeah. that four or five because that's like it's not enough that it's too heavy and it, it's like an annoying in that way but it's not two like, hours in it would be but but it's it's like it's light enough that it's going to feel heavy and over time and make you feel really unbalanced <laughs> as you're running yeah. in one hand Awful. yeah what is wrong with this man and of course gabby naya 
contrary to everything we said in the last episode, she doesn't like peanut butter and has a box full of festive running wear, including Christmas trainers. Ugh. Even the trainers. Even I, I think I've seen these Christmas trainers before, like other people wearing them. That's even worse, because at least with with socks and and t-shirts and stuff that's not a big investment but surely those christmas trainers weren't like super super cheap you're not going to pick up some christmas trainers for 10 pounds i'm assuming but you might pick up a t-shirt or some socks for that that's even worse you can only wear them like a month maybe two months at the most yeah wear them a few times a year they'll last a long while but yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty mm. it's pretty weird <laughs> and alice and ruth uh, just sent us a picture of a big sharing bag of frazzles and said just leaving these here for anyone who's a bit peckish i feel like i feel like this could be a new segment for 2024 what makes you frazzled sending bacon fragrance tugs to amy oh thank you <laughs> oh god sharing bag yep that that was pretty much it 120 gram bag of frazzles that's that's what i picked up <laughs> you've not had any urges since you know what? I'm not. I don't even like frazzles that much. So no, I'm not <laughs> even that into frazzles. But I, I wouldn't mind not a little anymore. bag. I wouldn't mind a snack size bag. That's enough. But yeah. But we know you're greedy, and you'll just take all of them anyway. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Ooh. On to the tea update, and we've partnered with Bird and Blend Tea, which means it will tell you what tea we're drinking. And if you like the sound of that, you go to runningisbs.com forward slash tea, click the links, and buy some tea if you would like to buy some tea. Stuart, what are you drinking this week? I'm still on the spiced pumpkin pie chai uh, because I got a massive tin of it for Halloween, and I'm still going with that. And I mean, they're not, they're not selling that one anymore because they're not warm, but any of their chai teas are fantastic, and I use my lovely Brudini pot as well very much recommend one of those as well to yeah to make up your loose leaf tea how about you amy mm, nice uh, i'm make, still making my way through the matches so i was right at the beginning like making my matches in a proper proper like matcha bowl and stuff but today i just have it like in a mug um sort of given up on the whole wooden whisk and all that so i'm having cream no i'm not i'm having ice cream matcha uh which is mm-hmm. i don't know whether i had that last time i don't know what i had last time what but... kind of ice cream though I don't know. You can't vanilla. just say ice cream. That's vanilla, not a flavor. Vanilla, I assume, because that's what it tastes like. Well, that's just like. vanilla then, isn't it? Mm. It tastes very nice. But it's, it is kind of creamy. It's not just vanilla-y. It's kind of creamy too. So if you're looking for a matcha that's quite tasty and quite sweet, I definitely recommend this one. It's a nice one. Lovely. Uh, Amy, what have you been up to? Uh, I've been on my holly bobs. Oh, little holly bobs? Yeah, I've been on my holly bobs. A little, little bit of cheeky winter sun. Yeah. No, hold on. I haven't been on my holly bobs. I've been to a a what is it called like a heat training camp whatever they call. oh sorry yeah yeah heat training yeah, yeah. heat training i've been heat training it's training um, camp yeah in the canaries yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. that's where i've been yeah i've been to lanzarote uh which i've been to like a few times over the years uh and yeah i love lanzarote for running lanzarote has a bit of a reputation for being a bit of a brits abroad holiday which it is uh, but also, and I've noticed this increasingly, as soon as you come out of the airport, they're advertising like Ironman training and cycling. So they're really on it with... I was going to say, I thought it was like a cycling training place. It's definitely good for That's cycling. That's a big thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's definitely good for cycling. The roads are really, really well maintained. Loads of people were out cycling when I was there. Um, they also have hotels that are specifically sort of sports hotels. And you can go there, you can do cycling, they do running holidays and stuff. Um, so yeah, so there's a lot of cycling there and they do really advertise that on, on the island. Um, but I think the trails there are just fantastic as well. So um, I stayed up 
towards the north of the island in a place called Costa Tugizi, which is uh, quite close to... I call them mountains. They're, they're, are, they're like volcanoes. That, well, they used to be volcanoes, not anymore. So they're, they're now mountains. But the mountains aren't super high. So like the mountain nearest to me was only sort of 800 feet, which isn't very high at all. Um, but yeah, there's just some amazing, amazing trails out there. Um, there was quite a few people out running when I was there. So that it does seem, and compared to like a few years ago when I used to go, I wouldn't see anyone on the trails for like hours and hours and hours. Uh, but I think it's becoming a bit more popular. Yeah, it was like a nice 20 to 23 degrees, which is lovely because it's not too hot. You know, you don't want to go somewhere where mm-hmm. it's like boiling hot. So, um, and I did some really nice routes around there. I went up to a place called Haria, which um, is like the greenest part of the island which it was kind of a bit green and there was palm trees, did an amazing route up there. It's quite scary as well because at the top most point of the route, I did seven miles. And these are all routes that I've just taken from online. Like I've just like Googled like running Lanzarote yeah. and taken somebody else's route, uh, which actually worked out really well and just navigated it on my watch. Um, yeah, and uh, so I went for this run on on the Tuesday in Hurry and I went up to the, once I was at the top most part of the route, which was however high up on the side of this like cliff type thing uh it suddenly there was like this massive thunderstorm which was quite scary and in my head i'm like it's probably not a good idea for me to be so because obviously it's lanzarote there's not many many trees about everything's sort of dead and desolate it's like being on mars or something um so (laughs) it's just me like at the topmost part of of this part of the island and i'm just seeing this thunderstorm rolling in from the sea like towards me sort of thing I did have I did have a moment of okay, let's we need to get down as quickly as possible. We need to not be the tallest thing <laughs> on on this on this part of the uh It must be nice country. for you to worry about being the tallest thing. I know, I know. I was, yeah. And then once I got strange. once I got closer to the road, I was like, Oh, there's loads of cyclists, they're not it's not gonna hit me. If if the thunder comes and if the lightning comes, it's not gonna hit me, it's gonna hit these people on their bikes. So we're okay. We're okay. Yeah. Um so yeah, yeah, loved it. Really, really nice week. I do lo- really love running in Lanzarote. Uh, it's great if you don't like mud because it never rains. There isn't any, there isn't any mud. Not so good. I mean, it was great that there wasn't loads of slippy mud, but at the same time, as you might imagine, there's lots of rocks, lots of like loose screen stuff. So it still made it quite difficult to to run. That consistently. sounds fun. Yeah, I suppose that would be fun for for some people, but I don't <laughs> not like really that. your kind of thing. Yeah, I don't. I don't like that. Nice gentle either. woodland trails is more your thing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. It is. But um, but yeah, I really really enjoyed it, and I always recommend to people if you're looking for somewhere to go that's cheap in the winter if you want to go have or in the summer whatever but if you want to try some like different trails um because the landscape is just completely different from anything you can imagine like it's like being on another world because the whole island is has been shaped by a volcanic numerous volcanic eruptions so the landscape is just really bizarre really interesting um and lanzarote is cheap you can book really cheap flights over there stay somewhere where you got access straight onto the trails and it's it's pretty good it's pretty amazing so i always recommend people if they're looking for something like quite different to do somewhere different to go um like a trail running holiday i would say yeah go lanzarote it's uh it's pretty cool Oh, yeah. Get awesome. your Brits Abroad package deal, but then go the opposite way. Like head away oh, from yeah. the beaches and out of town and you'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. And some of the... So um, Port del Carmen is the main touristy area. Uh, I, To be honest, it's very much Brits Abroad, like your pubs and stuff there. But some of the other towns, if you look at some of the other smaller towns, 
Um, you've got some really nice like cafes and restaurants and stuff. So if you look outside the main touristy areas, it can be just as cheap, oh, sometimes even cheaper. And you've got, you know, lovely places to get a coffee. Like I said, they really market it towards bikers. So there's motorcyclists and um, like normal bikes as well. So there's quite a few places where like a town in the middle of nowhere, there'll be some really nice cafe that they've set up because they know cyclists are coming through and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. Good business so yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. So if you look outside, mainly outside of Porto del Carmen, the main tourist town, you'll actually find some nice places to stay as well. If, if sort of Brits abroad pubs isn't your thing. If that's your thing, I'm not judging, but if it's not your thing, there are other options too. So yeah. It's not like I work for like the Lanzarote Tourist Board, but yeah. <laughs> well, I've just booked a Tenerife for a few months time as well, but we are, we're going a little bit Brits abroad. Um, oh, you're a full send it. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah absolutely I'm gonna smother myself in uh sun cream after getting sun completely yeah. burnt and just uh drink lager on the beach that's the plan well the thing is if you're going really to the canary islands and looking to do like like trail running go where the germans and the dutch go particularly the germans because yeah. they are on it like yeah, as soon they, as i got there i saw the germans out with their poles and you know you're in a good spot then for trails once you yeah. see those germans absolutely. with their walking poles and their buffs and their buffs on and stuff you're like yep yeah, this is this is yeah, the proper kit place. yeah very exactly. prepared Know exactly where they're going. Yeah, exactly. God bless the Germans. <laughs> they love their walking, don't they? They love it. <laughs> anyway, Stuart, what have you been up to? Uh, yeah, just one another race, you know, another Candy Cross race. Though I say one, it's because there was only one other man in my category. So, you know, uh, that always helps, certainly. Mm. Um, so that was nice. But it was a staggered start. It was one of these, you know, 10 second apart start. And I started in about 12th place. So I didn't quite get the glory of crossing the line first. But I did get to do a lot of overtaking. And that was very good fun. What was less good fun, or also good fun at the same time, was ice cold puddles. And I mean, not even really puddles. There was just like standing water on about five or six spots on the course. Some of it, I don't know, 50, 60, 70 feet long. Just like ankle deep ice cold water. And it was ice cold literally because before we did the race, a guy went through on his quad bike to break the ice. Oh and um, around the edges of it, you could still see the bits of cracked ice and they were an inch thick. So this was cold. Like people were going into this water and like you could hear the screams of people because it, it like it hurts when it's that cold and you're like stamping through it. But it was a, a the course had to be changed a little bit. So it was nice and short. So it was only four and a half K uh, this time, which was great. Um, I put in a good finish um, just because I thought, well, I'm getting to the end now, you know, I'll just try and put in a good finish. And I'm glad I did because I looked at the results. And if you looked at the men's results in the other age categories, I beat them by two and three seconds. It's a good job I put in that good finish for no reason to beat, you know, basically one other guy in my category. Um, you know, the woman who uh, beat me at the Forest of Dean, she, over a five mile course, she beat me by five minutes. Uh, on this one, this was four and a half K, she beat me by four minutes. Oh my god over 4k Jeez. the woman is an absolute monster yeah um so good for her has she got um, one of those runs. proper like specially bred canny proper cross? euro hand yeah yeah. yeah yeah yeah. i think she's probably got a selection as well um <laughs> but yeah some absolutely incredible uh female runners in the in the canny cross around here uh really really exciting to watch um so yeah just uh, another little canny cross race might be the last one of the season i'm not sure if i can squeeze in any more and then it starts once we get to march april it starts getting a bit too warm so it might be the last of the season which is a bit of a shame hmm. uh also had a race yesterday a fell race uh the krieger act fell race just north of cardiff a nice short 
six and a half K fell race, but because it's one of those ones that's quite short, which means you end up running it quite hard. I've got loads of people from my club to come along and run it, which is great. I was worried uh, that they would all beat me, but luckily the, you know, fell running is an old man's game. So I've got the experience. These people, they might be quicker than me, but on the fells, I can still beat them because I'm Mm -hmm. stupid in there. Uh, and that's really mainly what matters there's a fantastic photo that uh, someone has shared from the race of one of uh, a runner from a local from a mountain running club and as you go down one of the hills this photo he is literally upside down on his way down that hill it is a fantastic photo i'd be delighted with it i don't know he's i don't know what happened but he's just tumbled and gone head first down this hill so it's probably fine i didn't see anyone with like blood pouring down them at the end i did finish the race with like blood on my knees and someone said did you fall over i'm like no don't know where that's from it's just it just kind of happens and fell and you get blood. used to it it could have been yeah 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 not all of it's mine and there was a guy who went down next to me and he just kind of did a fantastic roll and carried on again i was like oh you okay yep okay good roll well done and carried on again as long as you roll and style it out it's absolutely fine nothing wrong with falling in a fell race exactly uh, I was also, I did, well, I did an unexpected run. And you know how unexpected runs are always the hardest you'll ever do. This one in particular, uh, I was at a Bristol Rovers match to see Norwich uh, beat them in an FA Cup third round replay. And on the way back, we start, we were looking at the train times. And as we get to the final whistle, we're like, should we should we try and get the 10 o'clock? I think there's one just after 10 o'clock. Otherwise, it'd been 10.40. Didn't want, want to hang around for an extra 40 minutes. So we started edging, edging. And then, right, as soon as the full whistle went, we just left, got out. We were power walking up the road. We got, I don't know, maybe a kilometer or so up the road, looking at the watch, thinking, we're going to have to run. We're going to, oh, shit, we're going to have to run. Now, this night was had a feels-like temperature of minus eight, which means oh. I was in a big coat, a hoodie, a football shirt, uh, trousers, and thermal underwear, basically, like thermal trousers underneath, and walking boots and double socks. And I had to run in that gear. And we ran hard. Uh, I think in the end there, because I, I was on Strava, obviously I put it on Strava. Um, we did a kilometre, a middle kilometre in there in four and a half minutes. Oh, my God. Wearing walking boots and a big coat. And... <laughs> As we got to the station, we managed to get there down this unlit path. I'm just holding my phone out with the torch on, uh, hoping it's the right direction. We got to the um, we got to the platform, crossed over the bridge, and as we walked down the steps, the train was pulling in, so it was absolutely perfect timing. Yeah. But I got on the train, and basically, I just took the coat off, and I also, sorry, also a hat and gloves I was wearing. I didn't have time to take these off. I was taking them off on the way. Got, took everything off on the on the train. I was like sweating through my hoodie. It was horrendous. It's the hottest I have been in my entire life. It was horrendous. And like, yeah, unexpected running when you're not wearing the correct gear is pretty bad. Like there were segments on that. There were Strava segments in there. And like, I'm in the top 25% of those segments. There's like 3,000 runners in there. I'm in the top 25% not in running gear. So, you know. I'm 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 doing well at the moment. If I, I can always, run in that, I might. I always find that, like, if I because I I use public transport to get to work, and I have to get two different trains, so I will often find myself like having to run either because the train's late or if I want to get like an earlier train. Like at some point, I end up running, but those times I run, it can only be you know. A sh- often I'm only running like across a platform to get a train or something. I'm exhausted and my heart's going and stuff. It's, I yeah. might as well not run, like be a runner. 
in those moments. It's not benefiting me whatsoever in those moments. It just feels so difficult. And that's even if, like, say in the summer, if I'm just wearing, like, a T-shirt and some jeans and nothing too crazy, I still feel absolutely knackered. I could be in running gear, I think, and still feel absolutely knackered. Like, why? You could be in running gear at a race. Yeah, I still feel absolutely knackered if there's a train oh, pulling off somewhere. <laughs> So yeah, that, that is something yeah, we want to hear from you. Unexpected runs that you've had, um, we want to hear about those, if they've gone well, or if they, especially if they go very, very badly. Mm-hmm. And there's also just one more thing I want to add in. We've been doing these Thursday trail runs for a few months now. I'm really, really enjoying them. We're getting people out into the woods um, to do kind of running around uh, in the dark with head torches. And it is actually quite amusing. The amount of people that like, they come to Cardiff and they join the club. And the first run they do is with people they don't know in the woods at night. <laughs> And, like, they have no idea who's going to be there. It might just be, like, me, just one weird old guy attracting these people. I mean, there's usually, like, 15 other people there and a load of dogs. But people do kind of realise, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, I did realise it might be a bit weird that I'm just meeting all these people in the woods at night. Because I tell you what, when we go, there's a lot of other people meeting in the woods at night. And I'm not sure what else for. Because whenever we're there in the car park, there's always cars in the car park with just people in the cars and well you know they're either just hanging out and quite often you know as we're waiting at the beginning or once we've finished and we're all just hanging around at the end chatting there's always a car or two that drives into the car park does a little lap of the car park and then leaves you, you know why though <laughs> the, don't you oh yeah yeah we're, we're interrupting a lot of um well smoking weed and or blowjobs is what we're interrupting yeah, there so I was i'm like say... sorry lads you're, you're gonna have to go on to, up to the next car park this is not from personal research just to preface no. that but i saw a video the other day and it was this guy and he was going for, <laughs> <Happened> <laughs> he was going <laughs> i started off wrong it was on tiktok so it was nothing bad uh, he was going um for a walk in one of the spots you guys run in and he said that this is like on one of the there's a website for dogging hot spots and it's what like mm-hmm. one of the dogging hot spots so yeah oh, yes surprised yeah. so yeah I just love the way there's a car that they just drive in and they just do a little lap of the car park and then drive straight back out yeah, again. We're like, yeah. sorry, sorry, you have to head up to the next one. So that is always very, very amusing. Uh, yeah, if anyone else has got any other stories of interrupting things that they shouldn't, there's another thing to send to us. Uh, things that you come across while running that you never expected to see. Like that kind of stuff. Love it. If you want, you can support this podcast. You can go to patreon.com forward slash running is bullshit and you can donate us money every month. New to the list this month is Victoria Cousins. Thank you very much, Victoria. Here's Amy with everyone that's given us money this month.
Picket Line, Catherine Fenton, Angela Foster Swales, David Yellow Magdito, Jay Adam Baker, Luke Daniel, Carl Fleming, Shambolic Adult, Jason Spinks, Karen Blake, Rachel Gore. AP, Vicky Robbins, James Lampert, Larry Warren, Stuart Stevens, Daniel Braun, Joe Running, Julia Page, Elizabeth Chabert, O'Sherry Grubbs, Andy Robbins, Rachel Quinn, Shari Kinison. Medina Ivor Hewitt, Claire Davis, Aaron Shaw, Neil Denton, Matt Jones H, Victoria Cousins, Jay House, Kath Everett, Debbie Hurley, Paul Hibbert, Graham Hackland, Lisa Gibbs. messages and don't forget to get in touch with your running bullshit on twitter instagram and facebook just search running is bs and let us know why you particularly hate running this week new patreon subscriber vicky cousins said guys i've binge listened so much i've nearly caught up wait uh, that's lucky she could have binge listened so much she's nearly thrown up yeah that, that's very true that's a risk <laughs> That is a risk. She's on episode 119. What am I going to do when I have to wait for the next episode? My partner has listened to some by default. But I can't say I've listened without headphones in public because that is a bit BS. That is very BS, yeah. And you're going to have to wait for episodes. And wait till we can't be bothered and just wait three weeks between episodes. It's even worse then. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or like I have a mental health crisis, and then you might have to wait like oh, two months God, or something. Yeah, those are so annoying. Know. To be fair, you never know. You never know. It's so <laughs> inconvenient. <laughs> it is annoying when you get into December and over Christmas, and you try and listen to podcasts, and there's just nothing new. Like over Christmas, for yeah. about two or three weeks, I was listening to two podcasts, just the back catalogs of them, because there's two I'm catching up with, and that's all I listen to for about two weeks. I'm like, fuck's sake, everyone, bring me some new episodes. <sighs> Selfish. Well, this is while we're on a break as well. So, <laughs> At Saturday Runner, it says, have Canadian park runners gone soft or are they just generating content for running is BS? And this is a tweet here from Nose Hill Park Run, which is a terrific name for a park run in Canada, who they cancelled on the Wednesday before a park run. They've gone very soft. Just because it was minus 37 feels like minus 46. That's I mean, nothing. That's a, I mean, it's a bit cold, sure, but come on, you're Canadian. Shouldn't be scared of that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like what? Like, and on Wednesday, <laughs> anything could happen between then and Saturday. 
could it exactly. could warm up to minus twenty five. <laughs> Honestly, how how cold can it actually get? How cold can things physically get? Because I didn't know minus thirty seven was a thing. I, well, I, I mean, absolute zero is about minus two hundred and sixty odd, but I don't think we're going to get to that yet. But no. like, what what is minus thirty seven? I don't understand. Like, I can't. I can't imagine. I think I've no. it had been about minus ten. And actually, when I was in the Arctic last year, it was minus ten. But I was wearing so much, I was incredibly hot the whole time. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. What, I, I just can't... Minus thirty-seven does not make sense at all. No, I, I feel like at that temperature, surely when you go out, any form of moisture, including your eyeballs, would just freeze. Yeah, but they kind of do. That is that That's... is genuinely a risk. So. Yeah, I I went to Canada a few years ago, and it just in Toronto, and it was minus fourteen on one of the days, and that Ooh. felt really cold. So, th- minus thirty seven doesn't seem real. It doesn't. No. How do people live like that? Ugh. Stupid places to live. Holly Bop at Hull Running said, "Thank God I finally found a running backpack with a flattering princess seam that reminds me of a blouse." That will be so handy in an ultra. Oh, God. Yeah, this is a Salomon backpack, and she sent us the uh, description of it here. And it says it is designed for women. SensiFit, designed to fit women's body shape with a specific construction, which is fine. That makes sense. You know, having things fitted to women's um, body shapes absolutely makes sense. It's just this next bit. It also has a flattering princess seam, often used in women's blouses, shirts, and lingerie. Do the seams really... Does the particular seam really matter to you that much? No, it doesn't matter. The shape, I get. Like, I mean, I say I get. Like, I, I get it, yes. Like, with a running... Depending on the shape of the running backpack, I do think, like, a lot of, like, hydration packs and stuff can be unisex. It's fine. But I understand some women might want a particular shape, and depending on the shape of the vest, etc. itself. But how okay. flattering can a seam be? Like, a seam... Uh, it's just two bits. Of, just, that's just the bits where two bits are stitched together. How flattering can yeah. that be? The seam just needs to hold it together. I don't I, understand. And also, like, it's used in shirt, women's blouses, shirts, and lingerie. I don't need a backpack to be like a blouse, shirt, or long, definitely not like lingerie. No. I don't really, I don't really get that. Don't really get it. It's almost like that thing of like, oh, you want to make sure you look pretty while you're running. You want to make sure you look sexy while you're running. You know. I mean, like are there people out? Are there people out there looking at your backpack and going, "Is that the seams you've got?" Those seams do make you look a bit fat, to be honest. <laughs> the seams. The seams don't make. I don't understand why they, why they make so much fuss about this. Of all the things to 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 focus on, the seam. This is the most I've said seam in my life. Yeah. It's so bizarre. And the funny thing is, it's it's not even if this was sort of like a top, like a t-shirt or a jacket, it would still be weird. But I I think okay, then okay, they wanted you know. But it's just a backpack, isn't it? Like a hydration vest style backpack. They've always got to have something to talk about, haven't they? Bless. Yeah, yeah. Because how how many times can you advertise a backpack in a different way? You know. This tends to be the same thing over and over again. Yeah, yeah. She says that the unisex version has a precision fit, but is that stitching type used in lingerie? oh they don't know i mean if only if only i knew exactly what type of stitch was used and in what other thing it's used in that's what i need to know <laughs> that's how i choose my backpacks from now on yeah the stitch <laughs> uh, inevitably gabby Nea was back in our mentions as, as always and she asked we need to talk about fueling strategies inspired by the spine race volunteering this weekend a new one for me was mixing black tea and flat coke Whoa. what do you put in your flasks 
Gabby, that you should have disqualified that person on the spot. You should have reported their race number straight to the race director because that is not right. That is, I'm assuming the black tea was cold. I don't know. I don't know. Would it end up being warm, like hot black tea and Coke? So, like, just a warm slurry? I don't That's so wrong. I don't know. I will say, speaking about fueling, um, when I was in Lanzarote, I took on one of my runs. Uh, you know the peach rings, like the sweets, peach rings? You have apple rings. Vaguely. You usually get them in, like, European countries. I, um, you don't see them as much in the UK, but apple rings are, like, the big one. They're just, like, sweets, like J-sweets. Mm-hmm. They had the peach version, and they were so, so good. Like, so good. Like, they were so sweet and tasty on a run. I was like, yes, this is this is peak. This is peak fueling peach rings. So good. To the point that I'm going to look on Amazon, see if I can get some. Or if anyone knows, yeah. like, shops that sell them in the get UK. Get a big bag in. Get some in the UK. Get a big bag for my ultras. They were, they were really refreshing. That's what I liked. Nice. Um, but, but yeah, normally I just put tailwind in <laughs> my flask. Yeah, I mean like an, a normal a normal drink. Yeah, like most other normal yeah. people do. Yeah, yeah. I, and I get it because some people are like, oh, I'm not going to do that like fancy smancy tailwind. I'm just going to put like some squash. And I I do get that. The people, but but this is getting bizarre. Like mixing Coke black and tea. tea and flat. Yeah. Double caffeine is what I want. Yeah. You might as well at that point have some tailwind. If you want that much caffeine. Yeah. Um, you know? Gabby also, she was volunteering at the spy, which I'm sure she'll talk to anyone about uh, endlessly. Um, she did give us some hot gossip of the 11 front runners. Eight of them had tea, which is great. Two had coffee. John Kelly, neither. So that mm. means you just can't, you frankly you can't trust John Kelly. But I'm glad eight out of the top 11 uh, were drinking tea. Good for them. Proper runners. Definitely. And finally, one-time bitter rival, Ivor Hewitt might have won the whole year already by sending us an article about a pair of Nike trail shoes that each have their own little backpacks. Yes, literally that. Uh, Clipped to the back of each shoe is a teeny tiny backpack. Oh, it's so cute. It's so cute. What's his shoe going to put in there? What's he going to put in it's there? Little, 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 it's little snacks. shoe lunch. It's little shoe lunch to yeah, take bit, to school. Yeah, a bit like, uh, take yeah, to a bit shoe of school. polish. Yeah, a bit of polish in there and a little bit of brush. Um, so this article on Sneaker News doesn't say what they're actually for or how utterly mental it is, but presumably it's to carry the lace covers that these shoes also come with. Um, of course, we'll share these on the socials, but let us assure you that they are adorable. They are so cute. I, yeah, I'm not quite sure. What, I guess lace covers are for if it's raining, you don't want water to come in the top of your shoe, but I'm like, come on, get over yourself. Who's putting lace covers on your shoe? But like... Yeah. I guess they just think that no one has pockets. I mean, this is the Nike ACG range, which is like a trail kind of off all-terrain road kind of thing. And like, surely if that's if that's what you're doing, you're going to have like 400 pockets in your backpack and your mm. running top and your shorts, everything. Why, why do the shoes themselves need little backpacks? I mean, these aren't. I did have a look. These aren't currently on sale. The you know the Nike ACG shoes are, but not with the back. Not with a backpack. So they're either limited edition or they're just a stupid piece of marketing and was never actually available, which is kind of what I lean more towards. This is like some kind of concept shoe that was never really released because it's mad. Yeah. Yeah. That that would be really annoying to run in as well. Imagine that flapping around on your heel. Oh, no, but it'd be worth it, though. Look, oh, look. (laughs) Tiny little backpack. First day of shoe school. (laughs) Take a little photo of your shoes in front of the door. (laughs) Oh, it's the bullshit running news. 
First up, Jack Scott has shattered the course record of the Montane Winter Spine Race. This is a 268-mile race that runs the length of the Pennine Way in England from south to north, finishing in Kirkyetholm on the Scottish border. It takes races through some of the most remote parts of the country in brutal conditions. Like They intentionally put it in the middle of January just to make it as hard as possible. Uh, in 2019, Jasmine Paris set a record there that people thought was unbeatable. They thought it was a mental record. No one would ever touch it. Jack Scott has just beaten it by 10 hours. I mean, that's mad. <laughs> and like people thought Jasmine Paris's 82 hours was insane and no one would beat it. I was watching something uh, while it was happening. And at one point they said on um, the night before he finished, uh, at, at that point or that time of the evening, he was 23 miles ahead of where Jasmine Paris was at the equivalent time. Oh my God. So yeah, end up being 10 hours ahead. So 72 hours, 55 minutes and five seconds. Um, it's just a mad, crazy record. Um, and I'd, no one quite knows how this has happened. Uh, Claire Banworth won the women's race with a time of 92.02. And that's five hours faster than hers last year and came in fifth overall, which is another fantastic performance. But sorry, Claire, mm. you're going to get overshadowed this year. And I think should understand why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all the articles I've seen have just been about um, about Jack Scott's time but 10 hours is insane in those conditions as well like it looked absolutely brutal yes yeah, it's one of these mad races where yeah it's properly freezing there's like knee-deep snow i mean yeah i I'd, i kind of don't think of i know the north of england is quite cold and rocky and everything but i don't think about it being that bad i just think about mm. oh it's just some hills but no of course up high hills most of the year like that there is snow and they yeah they're just going through snow for a lot of it yeah. and it's just yeah absolutely bonkers race I think I saw that they had a little diversion as well because there was just so much ice, which it must have been really bad. Yeah, if they're dividing that race for for ice, that must be pretty bad because I think generally they're happy to send you through hell. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Ugh, so we're starting the year with more like kind of depression, depressing news about women and running uh so female participation in ultra running has fallen to 30 percent um and this was found by research by the entry provider let's do this and it shows that the gap between male and female participation in running events increases as distance goes up which we know um and which we kind of knew before but the latest data is showing that female participation is going down rather than coming up um so significantly more men than women take part in marathons and ultra events so only 30 percent of participants in ultra marathon events in 2023 were female a decrease of two percent from 2022 which sucks because although two percent isn't a lot like there, there has been numerous pushes to try and get more women into running ultra marathon events and it just doesn't seem to be working we, you know hope we were hoping that things would go would go up so the fact that it's even gone by down even just by two percent is a bit a bit mm. sad um however threshold sports which I, I think they were the people who sort of commissioned the research is aiming to turn the tide on this trend through the launch of their ultra 50 50 campaign which sets a target to achieve gender parity at their world famous ultra trail events um which include race the stones and race the king in summer 2024 so they they organize some really big well probably the, the most well-known ultra running events you know for mass participation sort of thing uh, so yeah, so I think what they're aiming for 
at the end of it is 50-50, sort of 50% women, 50% men. Whether that will ever be achieved, I don't know. I don't know. They've got a long way to go, I think. Yeah, it's hard to say. And it's a real shame that, you know, in 2022, it was 32%, which was low. But we kind of assumed it would be getting better because there's been, yeah, yeah. So, there's so many campaigns. She Races has really kicked on loads in 2023. And the fact that it's, it's slid back to 30% is really disappointing and quite surprising as well, I think, mm-hmm. considering, yeah, the amount of work that's been done on it. So it still shows there's plenty to do. Um, I'm sure there are plenty of run companies out there that are, that show a much different uh, kind of demographic to their races and can probably say they are almost at 50-50. But I suppose this is just this particular one. Let's do this is quite a big uh, entry provider actually it was said in the the fell race i did yesterday they, they actually said as part of the briefing at the beginning he said uh, it was very proud that the uh women in the race i think it was 40 or 45 percent women in the race which is oh, the nice. highest it's ever been and that's in quite a short quite a competitive fast uh fell race as well i mean it is a fully marked fully marshaled one and that was thanks a lot to uh, actually at the club of our uh, podcast friend jen danger harding um her club chepstow harry has really encouraged loads of people to come and do that race and including lots of women but he did say it was 40 percent women but also 40 percent over 50 as well so again fell running oh, is kind it. of it's kind of an older person's thing anyway so actually there he was actually saying if you want to encourage younger people to do fell running please get them along so it's kind of a, a slightly different one there they actually needed younger people to come along mm-hmm. um so, you know, there are like pockets and there are race companies around that definitely probably are running at 50-50. But uh, of these, especially these big ones like Race to the Stones, Race to the King. Uh, yeah, it'd be great to see a lot more women in those races. Mm, and we know that and we mentioned this before and the science shows that women are good at ultra running mm. and women can actually end up outperforming men. And I, I think if we had more participation from women in ultra running, we may find in the future races where more races, because it's happened a lot of times, but more races where women are becoming overall winners. And hopefully mm. that will lead then to more women becoming more confident to take part. So we know that women are physiologically good at ultra running. Um yeah, and also older, the older you get as well, you do tend to get a bit, bit better at ultra running too. So yeah, like the science is there to say that yes, women should compete. You, you're probably going to be good at it. But yeah, I just need to get more more women doing it. Yeah, I remember we spoke before, there was a study that said uh, once you get to, I think it was something like 194 miles. Once you get past that point, women generally are better than men uh, mm-hmm. in those kind of events. And I wonder that, but the thing is there is still, you know, maybe three, four, five times more men at that level than there are women so perhaps that level is possibly much much lower but there just there isn't the depth of um women running to kind of to show that and to to make uh, an effort on those bigger races um mm. and yeah that that threshold could be much much lower it could switch around much lower than that but once we get as many women as men mm. we'll find out that's what i think and i think the thing is that obviously the longer the distances get it's not just all about speed it can't be it can't all be about speed in the sense of running really fast of course it's about speed who finishes first what i mean is it's not that thing of oh i'm gonna run as fast as i can for as long as i can it's not about that at all once it gets those those longer distances it's experience and and if you if you've only been running three years you haven't got the experience of somebody who's been running 20 Mm -hmm. yeah exactly Exactly. Anyway, Stuart, what have you got coming up next? I have got no races for a change. Oh. Um, I, I've, I've, I've got a reasonably clear calendar. I've got a couple of bits of cross country in the next few months, but I'm actually going to do some proper training for a change. My Strava Fit Graph is going up for the first time in a long time. So that's very exciting. And that's all that matters, really. As long as my Strava mm. Fit number goes up, whatever that means, I'll be delighted. So yeah, doing proper training and actually, weirdly, quite enjoying it, which 
Nice. Scares me a little bit. How, how about you? Uh, I've just got Kafili Trail 10K, whenever that is. Like, it's like a few weeks away. About a month or something. Is. Yeah. Is it? Okay. Whenever. The, yeah, that's what that's what I'm doing next. I think I get confused. I've actually entered races this year. So I, I forget when I'm supposed to be doing things and what I'm doing and what I've signed up for. So I think that's the next thing. Yeah. Excellent. Other than that, just I'm, I'm still training. I'm into like the ultra training now. I did. I didn't mention I did 14 miles as a long run in mm-hmm. Lanzarote last week. Um, it's a pretty so good holiday. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually sorry. Yeah. Training camp. Yeah. So that, yeah, for my my uh, my re- regime at my training camp. Yeah. So I am actually I'm going out and I'm doing the long runs, getting back into the the longer training, ready for the slam to start again in. Ugh. April. <laughs> Something to look forward to. Yeah. <laughs> if you've enjoyed this bullshit, please visit running.com to see oh, fucking hell. <laughs> running.com. If you've enjoyed this bullshit, please visit runningisbs.com to see the show notes and links for this episode and the whole back catalogue as well as links to our Patreon, merch store and social medias. Bye. smoking weed and or blowjobs.